Welcome in, you guys. We're here on Jags AM. Kainani Stevens with Brian Sexton, John Osier. As we get ready for the Colts this week, you guys, I know we've been talking kind of generally about it, but we're really going to deep dive today, and we're going to get an insider in with us as well. In terms of a player specifically, who are you guys kind of looking at in terms of the Colts as someone you're game planning for, or who could be problematic for the Jaguars? Uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously, is who everyone's looking at, right, the quarterback. Uh, but for me, I, whoever is being covered or whoever is covering um, Zay Jones, because I think Zay is primed to have a big game. I'll go with Michael Pittman, uh, the wide receiver. Uh, Anthony Richardson is one everybody's got to watch. In order to be interesting, I'll say Pittman. All right, so we'll go over some of our big things today. Our first big thing is going to be push to start, because as we've been talking about having a fast start, the team really needs to focus on getting the offensive go offense going quickly and not just a fast start, but also a clean start for them. And Doug, head coach Doug Peterson talked a little bit about that yesterday. Well, Doug kind of went over with us at least uh, yesterday in his press conference saying, yeah, you want a, a fast start, but you want to finish fast as well. And I think for him, as much as we've hammered home that fast start, he also was like, yeah, let's play a full complete game out there. How much have we talked about it? I mean, fast start is something every team talks about, John, every year. And you want to get it going and, and see if you can do that. But what matters most is what Doug was saying yesterday is that we play consistently well through the course of the game. Yeah, they didn't start horrifically slow last year. Um, I get the sense that when they talk about the fast start, it's exactly that. They want to see consistency. Obviously, the Chargers game was a slow start. Yeah. You're down 27-0. Um, so, is that necessarily the first drive? Because I went back and looked at this, and they weren't down at halftime all that much out of, uh, out of kilter with their schedule. But I think they want to not be trailing by double digits in the, in the second half of the season so much. So, uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a completely different offense yeah. and a completely different feel when this team starts games this year, I don't think they'll have to worry about a fast start once we get into two or three weeks of this thing. And do you know what I think really, another way of saying it is clean, right? That was what they were talking about, uh, the coaches and the players before the first, um, not the first, the third preseason game against the Dolphins. They wanted to go out and execute well, not make mistakes, not make penalties, not create issues. So I think if they're clean, that could be considered a fast start. We saw how well that worked against Miami. Absolutely, and I think sometimes we don't we forget about the defense, right? So a fast start for them means not getting the team down by two touchdowns right out of the gate. So that's something to consider as well. Our second big thing, heard from Trevor yesterday. So it's a little bit about winning being everything because we talk a lot about stats. Obviously, some of them have big contracts coming up, Trevor included. Um, they're on their last year of their deal or they're looking for extensions. And while they do that, they really are focused on winning. I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but when we hear from the players and you feel they actually mean it, at least when I, I feel it's very genuine. And Trevor speaking yesterday saying none of that really matters to them as long as they get the win. Of course, we all want to we all want to have good stats. And we want to play well like that's that'd be ideal. You do that and win the game. But when we're talking about guys like you should always if, if you win the game, doesn't really matter what your stat line is, even if you have one catch, no catches. If I, you know, threw a pick through two picks and we win. Obviously, I'm not going to be happy with my performance, but I'm going to celebrate with the team. I'm going to be happy we won the game. That's what this league's about. It's hard to win. So when you find ways to win, you know, that's that's the cool thing about our team is we enjoy it. You know, we, we understand that it's hard to win, and we have that perspective of it's not really about personal stats, individual stats. It's about the team. 
Obviously, we know Trevor's super unselfish, but John, I feel like we see that a lot in the receiver room specifically. There's so much talent there, but you really do feel like they want each other to be successful. Yeah, I don't know how, if somebody asked me after this show, well, how do you know what you're saying is true? I don't know if I'd have an answer, but in talking to these guys, um, there is a feeling of commitment to each other and commitment to the cause, if you will, that frankly you don't feel on every team. Um, and I think it combines with sort of an energy. It's still fresh from last year. This all still feels new and moving up, if that makes any sense. Uh, so yeah, it's real. These guys do want numbers, especially the wide receivers. All wide receivers want numbers. But within the concept of that, it's as team-oriented and supportive a group as I've ever been around. Um, they know they're good, right? They understand that this is a good team. They also know, John, we've talked about this, that they're not likely all to be together for very long because of the salary cap and the way that it works. Um, and so you just get the sense that they understand that there's something special here with this group. I was talking to Zay Jones about it the, uh, uh, yesterday. And they understand that there's going to be days where they have big games like Zay did against Dallas last year. Or there'll be a big game where Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram comes through. I think they're all willing to be part of it because they understand that they're a good team that can do something special, but only if they get out of their own way and start not caring about who plays well, but that the team wins. I think what Christian said the other day, I don't mean to interrupt, but on, on Monday, when he was asked about Jacksonville, he went you know, for a couple of minutes on just what it means to him to be here yeah. and a chance to be a part of this. Um, I have Zay Jones on the Ozone podcast later on today. I'm going I'm to ask him the same thing. There does more than a lot of teams I've been around. Uh, there's a feeling of guys, even beyond being professional football players and getting paid, there's a feeling of this is, has a chance to be pretty cool to be a part of this for a while. And maybe this is what I'm going to remember about my career. Yeah. I'm going to remember myself as a Jaguar during this time, even if I go other places. I, I think Ingram feels that. Feels to me like Zay feels that. He does. Uh, that's unique. And again, I don't know how I would prove it, but you feel it from these guys. Well, I'll second it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the 30 years each of us doing this, uh, I don't know that I've ever felt it. Um, but this, this is a special room. And all those guys you mentioned, you know, Evan, Zay, Christian, they've played other places where they didn't win and where maybe stats were more important. So they know the difference. And I think that gives it a little more credence when you hear them say it because they've lived the other side of that coin. So rings a little more true. All right, a final big thing today is going to be everyone's got one because everybody's got an opinion about this team. We obviously have shared ours with you and everybody's been hyping them up a little bit more than maybe we're used to around here. But Trevor says they're not really listening to it. Everyone always asks about expectations and how you deal with them. Like, you don't really deal with them. You just don't listen to them. Like, what well, does it matter what? you know, this guy said over here, he's not in our locker room, he's not a part of our team. And even if he said something good, we go out and lose Sunday, everyone's gonna be like, oh, I told you they weren't gonna be any guess. So it doesn't really matter, you know, what people say or, you know, so we just have to keep our ship tight. And I think that's the biggest thing that coach has done a good job of is, is making sure we do that and, and managing all those expectations. Cause that's just, it's, they're not real. It's not a real thing. You know, it's, we have to go play every Sunday and put our best foot forward. And you can't do that if you're listening to what other people are saying they're clearly blocking it all out are we at the point now where we just got to play football like there's just no nothing left to say at this point. john you know this because you've covered <laughs> some really great teams great teams don't care about opinions they don't worry about what people they? on the outside they drive our world here right they drive the media conversation with the fans but they don't do anything on that side of the hallway 
Um, when you don't have a good team and people's opinion of you is not very high, That's well, true. then you get your dander up a little bit about it. But when you're good, you couldn't care less. I think Trevor's just happy he didn't lose to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> It's a sore spot. It's a sore that's, spot where that, That's an opinion he might not like. <laughs> All right, coming up, we're going to go across the sidelines, if you will, get our Colts insider here as we preview Sunday's Game 1 matchup in Indianapolis. Stay with us. Welcome back to Jags AM, presented by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. Welcome back. We're in the Hyundai studios and going across the sidelines today because we're going to check in with our Colts insider, Michael Chappell, an old friend of John's we know. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to kind of talk to our divisional friends and check out what's going on up in Indy. Michael, what uh, what are you looking at? Well, we always like to see the outside perspective. What what have you seen in terms of what the Jaguars are bringing to the table this season? They seem loaded. I talked I talked to John early in the week, and for so many years, you know, no offense, Jacksonville, but for so many <laughs> years, it was this is the year they're going to get it right. This is the year that the pieces are in place and expectations were high, and it didn't happen for whatever reason. I look at this different because really two reasons coach quarterback you seem to have hit it right on both and you, you have you have to have a good coach but you got to have a good quarterback you've got to have a quarterback you can, you can rely on look at all the great teams and john and i here were, were in indy for the manning years and that quarterback makes anything possible trailing 35 to 14 with five minutes to play you can't win well he did so that quarterback gives you chances and that's why and you've got young talent you know, at, at the skill positions, which, which again, that's when you build a team. Yeah, defensive line, offensive line. I understand that, but to have impact players at skill positions or or on the edge of the defense, that's what gives, I think, the outside world reason to believe that they've they've gotten it right this time. When when we go up against a rookie quarterback, we just trying to get your perspective, what you hear from Anthony Richardson every day. Obviously, some of the, the Florida fans down here are a little bit familiar with him, but he didn't play, you know, a ton of snaps in college. So what have you guys seen from him so far, and, and is he ready to go for Sunday? Well, we'll see. I mean, it's history's not kind to, to rookie quarterbacks. I think Colts rookies are like 35% winning percentage for their, you know, as, as a rookie. In one stat that sort of tells you the history is this team's had one rookie quarterback win the season opener, and that was George Shaw in 1955. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen often. But from what you've seen uh, individually or personally, you like the temperament. Uh, he, he's, he's very well grounded. He moved, his, he moved his family up here, family and advisors up here, because he knew he needed, you know, that, that foundation around him. But he, he, it's not too big for him coming from Gainesville and, and that atmosphere. I mean, he was exposed, even though it was here, he was exposed to that. On the field, we'll see. He's sort of been what we all thought he's, he's been. This isn't Peyton Manning coming in here and the ball never hitting the ground in practice and, and he just looks like he owned the team. Not quite the same. You know, he was a 53% passer in college. Well, that's what we've seen. We've seen the inaccuracies. We've seen the strong arm. We've seen snippets of, of, of the leg, what he can do in, in the run game. But you don't do all of that in preseason. And it's hard to really tell in camp because you're not taking guys to the ground. 
but but what what, what he does, he he gives them hope, mm-hmm. and, and to to have that after going through this cycle of, you know Carson Wentz and and, and Matt Ryan and and Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett and on and on, you, you, the franchise needs hope. It needs it needs a direction, uh, sort of what Trevor Lawrence gave you guys last year, uh, or or two years ago. Uh, when you've got the young quarterback, now you've got to be right. If you're not right, you're set back another six to eight years. But we, we, we have seen things to say, you know, maybe maybe this is the right guy. And if he is, this can work. If not, it's going to be a long haul getting back to, to being competitive. Chap, is it uh, too extreme to say that this team goes from a great running team to a so-so running team without Jonathan Taylor? And will he ever play for the Colts again? <laughs> Two good questions. People up here, not people, but nationally they say, well, you know, he's just another guy. No, he's he's a great running back. He's top, I don't know, top, I, I think top three, and we can argue that. But to think that they're going to go from, you know, one of the top two or three running teams in the league to, to, to staying the same without him is ridiculous. I mean, Jacksonville's defensive coordinator, you think when, when they, they look at the Colts this week, they're saying, you know, we got to pay attention to that running back. No, they're saying quarterback. <laughs> When he gets on the edge, it's quarterback. Uh, will he ever play here? I don't know. I I, I want to say yes because I need someone to tell me how it behooves anybody to sit out a season. And if he's on pup all year, the contract holds, and here we are again. So I I kind of thought they would have, I guess, just dumped him uh, before rosters were cut when they had that self-imposed deadline. And just get what you could. Maybe they still do. You know, I mean, the trade deadline's what, October 31st. That can still happen. I think it's very, very risky, no matter what quality of employee you have. And this is this is a great level employee. But to sort of make him work for you. You know, no, you know, you, you signed a contract and you're going to play for us or you're not going to play. The, the team has the leverage they do, but it's not very healthy to force somebody to work for you. And that's kind of where they're going to be in a couple of weeks when he comes off up, if he comes off up. Mike, a couple of years ago, not too long ago, the Colts offensive line was a dominant force. Uh, easy to say, maybe the second or best, third best in the league. Last year, they fell off. Why, now that you look back at it, and do they have the ability to return to that level since so many of those players are still around? Well, it's the same group that finished the season, the same starting five. That gave up 60 sacks last year. They, they miscalculated at left tackle. Uh, they went with Matt Pryor, who had never been a full-time left tackle anywhere, and with Danny Pinner at right guard, and neither one worked. Both were benched before too long. And then at left tackle, they went with Bernard Ryman, a rookie who who wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. So that that's that that was a failing on their part. And they paid the price. The quarterback paid the price. The offense paid the price. They're, they're anticipating Bernard Ryman really stepping up in year two. And I tell you, the best compliment I can give him from training camp is we never noticed him, which, you know, it's kind of like the umpire. If he didn't notice him, they did a good job. And that, that's he's played well. He'll get tested this week, obviously. But they're, then they're expecting th- those cornerstones, uh, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith, to have bounce-back years. That's fine. It's just that there's, but there's not much proven depth behind them. 
they lose Danny Pinner to an ankle injury for the season, and that, that's a major loss. And as good as he's been at times, you shouldn't say, boy, we really missed this guy. Uh, but the depth is very questionable. And I think it was in 2019, all starters played 16 games. Well, that, that happens like once every 20 years. So they're going to need depth. I think the line will be, be better. I really do. That much better, we'll see. Again, losing Taylor doesn't help. It just doesn't help. But I think, I think the line, whatever their problems are this year, and there will be problems, I don't think the line will be top three in, in problems. I really don't. How do the Colts win Sunday, Mike? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'd pull out the uh, Dean Smith's four corner and try to shorten the game as much as I could. They can't get in a shootout. And, and Jacksonville's got – they're just loaded offensively with, with skilled people that somebody somebody's going to be on. I mean, whether it's one or two guys or whatever – this is this is a very um, mismatched defense right now. Young corners, young secondary, and very good front seven. But don't turn the ball over. Find a way to run the ball. Make plays when you have to. But do not, under any circumstances, getting in a, get in a shootout with Trevor Lawrence. All right, Michael, thank you. If anybody knows, we know that things can turn around quickly, as they did here in Jacksonville, so we wish the same for you. We'll see you on Sunday in Indy, and thank you for joining us. Coming up Thanks, later, guys. thank you. All right, later on, we're going to go over he will, he won't, he might, as we have our picks for Sunday's matchup, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Sudeth is Florida's trusted and reliable moving company. Sudeth is proud to be the official moving partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a guaranteed quote, visit suddeth.com slash jacks. All right, Suddeth is presenting He Will, He Won't, He Might for us this week as we look ahead and pick our players of the game and what we think they're going to do. So, Brian, who did you pick this week? I'm going with Tyson Campbell, and he will shut down Pittman or uh, Pierce or whoever lines up across from him. They'll have some catches, but they won't be game-changing sorts of catches. And it's easier to say, obviously, this week because you're not sure that the quarterback can make those game-changing kind of throws. Uh, he will not will not allow anything to get behind him. Remember last year, the Jaguars had the lead in this bowl game with two minutes to play, and Shaq Griffin let everything get behind him and cost them the win. And I think he might end the season, John, as a top five corner in the AFC. You think about Sauce Gardner and Pat Sertan and Marlon Humphrey. I, I think he fits right in there. People are going to point to Jalen Ramsey in Miami, although he probably won't play this year until uh, it's too late to be a factor in this thing. I think Tyson Campbell, based on what we've seen from him, both last year and then training camp and preseason this year, I think he is poised to join the conversation as one of the best young corners in the AFC. Very well. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely got that. Uh, I think he's right on the outside of that, if he's even on the outside of that right now. But I think he'll, I think he'll be in the conversation. And uh, The Sertan Gardner, the, the, the two he yeah. joins, right? Yep. Humphrey's been around for a couple of years, and obviously Jalen has too. But Sertan and, and Gardner are the two that everyone points to and say, they're the best young corners in football. And I think Tyson Campbell belongs right there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I went with Travis Etienne. Uh, he will be ready. And obviously they're all ready. But didn't you guys watching this preseason get an idea? Uh, the entire offense is this way. But that a Travis is, is just ready to roll and is one of these guys who in his third year is saying, okay, now I can really show what I am. And uh, I think what he is is going to be really special. He won't, although Doug Peterson said it during the preseason, he won't be a 1,600-yard a rushing guy. 
Not that he's not capable, but Tank Bigsby in, in this offense, I don't know that you're going to get enough opportunities for Travis to get to that level. But he might wind up. I was asked earlier this week who I thought the MVP outside of Trevor Lawrence would be for this team. And I think I went with Ridley, but the more you think about it, it might be ETN. Um, even with Bigsby cutting into his numbers a little bit, I see Travis possibly having maybe about the same yards he had last year, 1,100-ish, but that touchdown number and that, uh, if there was a stat for memorable plays, yeah, things that mattered, he might be it. I mean, it, in that Miami game, there was something about the way he ran uh, that was different than a rookie, and he always had the explosiveness. He's always tougher than anybody gives him credit for because he's not huge. I just think th this running game as a whole is going to surprise people. ETN's a guy who's been a little overlooked in preseason that might just explode this year. Look, my disagreement with Doug on the 1,600 yards was, I mean, that's Fred Taylor. That's Maurice Jones-Drew. I hadn't seen that from Travis. But I saw that style of running. Mm -hmm. I saw that kind of production in very limited fashion against Miami, and I thought, well, he's running like those two guys, mm -hmm. so maybe he can. Here's where I think he might be the MVP. He's a mismatched nightmare, right? He, unlike Bigsby, is a guy who I – Bigsby can catch the ball. Don't get me wrong on this. But he looks like he can go line up in the slot. He can come in motion, mm -hmm. do the jet screen. There's a lot of different things you can do with him in the passing game with Bigsby on the field, yeah. which will create mismatches with safeties and linebackers that could give him a lot of those memorable plays that you talked about. I think it's going to be really interesting this year to watch uh, formations, where they line guys up. Yeah. Uh, tight ends in the backfield, tight ends on the... I mean, it, it's, it's going to be nuts, and I think it's going to be a topic. By week four, I think it's going to be a topic that people in the NFL are talking about, how diverse and explosive this offense is. I've said it before. The, the guy that I liked watching the most in terms of how he deployed his offense with personnel and groups and positions was always Kyle Shanahan until Doug Peterson showed up. Mm -hmm. And now with all the weapons that he's got, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch every Sunday, how he creates mismatches and gets the guys he wants the ball. I can't wait to watch. The options are seemingly endless. Press Taylor and Doug Peterson are going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, for my he will, he won't, he might, I picked Devin Lloyd because I've been so impressed with him in training camp so far. So I'm going to say he will have an interception on Sunday because there will be interceptions on Sunday and no one else that I would expect to be involved in it other than Devin Lloyd because he'll be all around in the middle. He might lead the team in tackles because he's really been flying around and, and doing his best foyer, if you will, of just inserting himself into every play on defense. And you're not going to be disappointed. I really feel that we've talked a lot about a second year jump for some of these guys in their second season in the NFL. And everything I've seen from Devin makes me believe that we are going to see the Devin Lloyd we saw maybe that first chunk of the season before he got hurt and before some things went awry the second half. I really feel that's what we're going to be seeing from him. He's, he is a gifted player. Last year, it took him time to integrate. And I talked to coaches and players, guys who've done this before, and they said that people don't realize the coverages that you run in the NFL and how different they are, the complexities of an offense that they just don't have time in college football mm -hmm. to put in. And to expect him to then adjust to that and the speed of the game, it was too much to ask. But when you look at him now, I don't think it is too much to ask. I think you're right on. If he's that guy, um, this is a different defense. Yeah. And it's uh, he had stats early last year, but I don't think anybody around the team would tell you that he was one of the guys who was making the defense better, if you will. It's very hard for rookies to do that. I'm not criticizing Devin on that. Um, 
young guys usually don't do that. Even, even Josh Allen, when he had 10 sacks as a rookie, I don't know that he was the one making them better. I think it was, it, it, it was Calais Campbell. They don't have that impact. Uh, Devin is a guy who's around the ball so much, and when he's around the ball, the ball finds him, mm-hmm. that he, he can easily turn into a guy that by week five you're saying, oh, they're pretty good on defense, and he's a reason why. Yeah. And that would be what a gift for this team that would be if that happens. And I think it bears telling again. I, Kyle Whittingham, his coach at Utah, told me at the draft the night that they took him that this was the guy who was in the film room on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And on Thursday, he was able to explain every nuance of the defense, not to the coaches, but to his teammates, their job, his job. So last year when everybody was saying, you know, it's too fast for him, he doesn't get it. I didn't think it was fair because they didn't understand how much work this kid puts in. Now you take all the physical attributes and the mental attributes and his work ethic and you put it together. John, I think the guy is going to have a massive year. Here's hoping. I like to be right with my guesses, so let's let's hope for that. All right, coming up, we're going to go around the locker room real quickly and give you our final picks for the weekend. Fans, Jags fans, do you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. All right, we're going to quickly go around the locker room. I got a chance to catch up with Evan Ingram. We've been talking how excited we are. He told us a little bit about how excited he is to finally get out on the field and see what this offense can do. It's all excitement. Um, you know, nobody here is comfortable. You know, not, not nobody's complacent. Um, and uh, I feel like everybody's had their share, fair share of adversity this camp and their career. Um, and, you know, we all understand the opportunity we have. So um, I think we're all really excited. Uh, we're all locked in and ready to go. Um, and, you know, it's real. It's, it, this, 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 these ones count. These plays count. So uh, we're really excited to go make some plays. Things will be real on Sunday. They're excited as we are. Uh, you guys want to do pick them? Who you got? Well, I, I think the Jags win something along the lines of 31-22, 31-20, something in there. I said, oh, we got, I think they grind out a lead seven minutes in the fourth quarter. It's still a game. People holding their breath. And then they force Richardson into a mistake that allows them to get, you know, double digit, eight points somewhere in there. Uh, that's how I see it. The average game in the NFL is decided by eight points. Mm-hmm. I mean, rare are the opportunities where you say, oh, Jaguars, you know, we win by 10, 12, 14, something like that. The Colts this year because of their quarterback, maybe the Texans, but not often. I think it's going to be a 31 to 14 game. I mean, right. I just, I'm watching Evan Ingram on the screen and I'm thinking, how are you going to take him? Mm-hmm. Kirk, we talked about ETN. I mean, there's just so many mismatches. This Colts team is, they've got some veteran players, but they are in a stark rebuild. The back end of their defense does not match up with this offense. Um, I just don't know how they're going to they're going to stop them. So I'll say it's a pretty big win for the Jaguars on opening day. I don't know whether it takes them to the fourth quarter to get there or they get off to that fast start that both Doug and Trevor talked about wanting. But I think it's a big win and and gets this team really wound up and everyone wound up for week two. If it was week two here, I'd pick huge win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those little factors of road and week one just make me think no, it'll be squirrel. You're right. So totally understand that. I just, this Colts team just doesn't match up well with this. It's rare that you get that where you say they can't do this, 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 or this. And on their defense against this offense, I just can't see it. But, but I, if it was closer, I, I totally understand opening day and on the road. I think we can all agree the Jags are going to win. And I think four touchdowns plus is, is reasonable to expect against this Colts defense. I think I'm, I'm going to go similar score with John, maybe 31-21-ish, but I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they get ahead early and 
Colts kind of sneak back into it a little bit, but never a true, true threat. I just want to give one other, you know, around the locker room kind of feel. I had a conversation with Roy Robertson-Harris yesterday, really good conversation. And he told me that he, before last year, he had never won anything. He didn't win in college. He didn't win a bowl game, right? He had never been a part of something that, that won. And you could just see, I, the look in his eye was this, this fire. And I said, so how does that set you up for this season? He goes, I want to do it again, right? Yeah. You get, and the big role has been doing it, you know, around here since late last season, he's been making these plays. When you get a guy like that, who's a veteran player, who says that what last season did for him sets up this season to want to do it, get him excited about it. That's kind of the vibe on the defensive side of the ball. All right, that's all we got before the game starts. Things get real on Sunday. We'll have your full recap for you on Jags AM on Monday morning at 10 a.m. We'll see you then. Enjoy game, game one in week one.